This is your monthly update from the Pine City Superintendent, Dr. Kurt Trigestead, on WCMP's On Demand. Well, do we want to start out? You can take me through the August 10th school board meeting. Sure. First thing we had on the agenda was a positive happenings uh, presentation by uh, a group from the outside uh, and SCRED about the Pine County Education Center. Uh, There's been a need in uh, this area in the county for a home for the vision program, the transition program, and uh, new directions programs. Uh, They're spread out over three different communities or two different communities and three different school districts and kids there. Um, they've been looking for a, a place to, to call home because all of the areas that they're in right now are leased, uh, either in the school or in commercial buildings. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's been a process that started two or three years ago to figure this out. Um, it's become a little more real and serious lately because of the uh, Christmas Foods building becoming available. Now we did check out five other areas uh, in in Pine City and uh, Hinkley uh, for the possible location for that. Um, the, the Christmas Foods meets the size requirements almost exact uh, and being that it's a, a clear span building easy to, to remodel to mm-hmm. do whatever you need. There's green space outside. And so uh, the, a group called ICS, who are consultants and construction managers that have worked with uh, several schools around the state and worked a lot with Hinkley and with East Central, um, were there to present. They've been doing the, the groundwork on that, as well as J.B. Nord, who's the executive director at SCRED. Mm-hmm. And they presented uh, the information, uh, the cost to the, to the districts if we were to do this. And uh, there is a... Uh, resolution a little bit later that kind of goes through it, but this was the information portion of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason we did this was because this group needed to get to Hinkley Finlayson's board meeting, which was the same night yep. in Finlayson. So uh, we just tried to yeah. get her, get them in as quickly as we can. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the, the results of the presentation here in a little bit. Uh, from there, we went on into the consent agenda. Um, not a lot there this time coming out of, of uh, July, of course. It's probably our slowest times. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had just, uh, there was an annual mandatory policy review. Uh, some of our policies say that they have to be reviewed annually to make sure they're up to date and, you know, with the law. Yeah. And um, what they did is they just certified that they were um, in place and ready to be used for the next school year. And then there was a policy uh, about post-issuance debt compliance. It was a legal thing that we had to, we have to do mm-hmm. and have in place, and there have been some changes to the law. And so that was uh, the reasoning for that. So then we get into the meat of the uh, meeting. And the first was a resolution um, that was to signal the intent of the board here to proceed with a cooperative facility that we just talked about in partnership with Hinkley Finlayson and East Central Schools. And basically what the, the resolution did, it authorizes uh, the superintendents from each of these organizations to work collectively with the neighboring school districts to finalize information and bring back to the school board in September mm-hmm. uh, for more approval. Number one is to work with SCREDS Legal to amend the agreement um, about the facility. 
to work with Ehlers, who is our financial advisor and funding and financing for each of the three districts, the finalized professional services agreement for ICS, the, the construction manager company, a finalized agreement for the purchase of that Chris's Foods building, and then delegate the authority to uh, basically the three superintendents and SCRED administration to put this whole package together and bring back to the boards for a final vote. Um, so we also, in there, it stipulated that the, the project funding plans need to stay at or below um, where the current tax impact mm -hmm. was. And for Pine City, on a $100,000 house, it has a tax impact of $15 mm -hmm. per year. So it's, it's not a, a huge amount, mm -mm. but it is a tax impact. Yeah. Um, and so knowing that we're going to still have to go out and do competitive bids, um, and that will uh, work with the other districts to create the arrangements so that everyone's equally protected in this. So it is not a done deal by any stretch. Okay. Uh, and uh, so the, our board passed that 7-0. Mm -hmm. They see, I believe, see it as a, a, a reasonable um, proposition at this time, but we still need to bring back more information. And that is looking at the Chris's Foods building? Correct. Okay. I know there was some back and forth over the uh, the prospect of the building, just to like community oh. value. But okay, but I well, you know, and and I know that there there is a attachment and mm. a wish for a local grocery store, you mm. know, and uh, can't deny that. Yeah, but we've also had this need for, for quite a while for yeah. the kids, and and so it's just due diligence on our part mm -hmm. to look at the possibilities. And so we're not trying to dismiss anything the community yeah. may um, feel or, or not feel mm -hmm. about the business and or, or the, the building itself. Gotcha. So uh, board passed that 7-0 and we'll continue to work on that uh, into next month and you'll be able to share more at that time. Um, it went on to... Uh, the approval of an, a base learning model for 2021 school year, mm -hmm. and that's uh, relating to you know, the COVID-19 and the governor's uh, safe uh, safe learning plan. And so this this was a, a resolution that, that came from uh, MSBA, the School Board Association. Mm -hmm. And they basically, um, they gave a, a way for the boards to act on this because it was, it's, all different from across the state and so in our case with our county uh, it says that our case level is at such a point at this particular time that we can invite the kids back to school mm -hmm. in person with a lot of a lot of uh, precautions yeah and we'll, I'm sure we'll get into that later as we talk um, but this particular um, resolution did a couple things first of all the board did uh, endorse starting with the in-person learning mm -hmm. model for the beginning of the school year. It also lays out a process that if if the numbers, the data, the science changes, mm -hmm. and we need to, for whatever may, reason, make a quick change, you know, whether if a school district or a school building in the state had a, a spike, mm -hmm. a significant spike, it this resolution in our case gives me the permission that w by notifying the chair and, and notifying the board 
that I can move quickly to say we need to do something different, you know, in a day or two. Yeah. Rather than having to call an emergency meeting to get the whole board. We still would have the board come back and weigh in on it after the fact, but it gives me a little attitude mm -hmm. um, that if uh, we hear from local public health or from the Department of Health to say you got to do something soon, mm -hmm. that we can do that. And it protects the board. It protects me and, uh, in terms of process. So... Mm -hmm. So that they pass again past that seven zero. Uh, going on, another resolution. Um, this is a, a, a refunding of bonds resolution. And when school districts and municipalities go out and, and do projects, they issue bonds. Mm -hmm. uh, they can be for, for a number of different lengths. Uh, could be twenty years. Could be thirty years. And there are times in the life of those bonds where if interest rates go to a certain level, um, it becomes advantageous to refund those bonds and pay them off and then go out and get another quote on them. Mm -hmm. So it's like refinancing yeah. you know, for your own home. Uh, in this case, uh, we, we are probably going to have the ability, uh, if things stay as they are right now, to refund uh, some bonds. That were going to be come to, that were sold in 2012, and it basically, if if it all works the way it's set out here, the district will save about two hundred and sixty thousand dollars between 2022 and 2032. Mm. So it, it's it's out there ways, but it's still two hundred and eighty thousand dollars. It's there two hundred sixty thousand. It's a good amount of money. Yeah. And, so you take those opportunities when mm -hmm. you can. Board passed that seven zero. Uh, going on, and then with that we had to redo our post issuance debt compliance policy, which it's it's legal things. It's just setting us up legally to be able to do what the the. Uh, Resolution for selling, refinding the bonds just did. So gotcha. it, it's a legal move. So I, I won't bore you, and I'm not sure I could give you a great explanation exactly how that works because mm -hmm. that's why we have financial advisors <laughs> that do this every day. Yeah. So um, then the next thing they did, uh, they did was the board um, took an issue off the table uh, regarding uh, board member Wally Conacher from the last meeting, um, which. Then, and then passed, uh, which allows him to work for the district in a very limited capacity. Mm -hmm. um, because we didn't do it last time because it takes seven board members to be here, mm. uh, six votes, and then, of course, Mr. Conacher abstained. Um, but without all seven board members here, we couldn't act on it last month. Mm -hmm. So it passed unanimously with uh, Wally abstaining. Uh, so he can sub occasionally if he mm. wants to. Uh, there's a dollar limit, and then... He, his true love is working some athletic events, mm -hmm. so yeah. so that way that he could do that. Uh, next item was this: the Department of Education has a, a system that um, it's it's built on a hierarchy where each district has uh, a person that's called the Iowa, the individual with authority, mm. um, and. That's me. Uh, and so we have to redo that every year. And so uh, the board approved that and then also approved uh, my assistant, 
uh, Deb uh, Wagner to be a proxy for that, which she has done in the past as well. So if I'm not able to do something quickly, she could step mm -hmm. in and, and do some of the, the legwork regarding who can mm -hmm. sign off for the district and et cetera. So yeah. just kind of boilerplate stuff. Um, we did do a, a change to the, the calendar, school calendar coming up. Because this was passed, the calendar was passed back in February. Yeah. And before any of the current situation yeah. came to light. And uh, we were going to use one of the days during our fall workshop week, the end of this month, beginning of September, uh, to do some specific training on um, educational, mm -hmm. on delivery and standards and those sorts of things. Uh, we're still going to do that work. But because we are in the COVID um, safe learning plan, there are a, there's a lot of training that we need to do with teachers mm -hmm. and that teachers want to do prior to the school year. So in essence, we traded some days around. So we're doing the more needed and timely professional development on uh, one of the preschool workshop days. Okay. Not preschool kids, but before yeah. school workshop days then we're taking the the bigger the the marzano training that was supposed to be during workshop week mm -hmm. moved it to october 14th made that a non-student day mm -hmm. so that'll be staff only it's a day before uh ed minnesota or mea weekend okay so people remember that so there's a three-day week there for or weekend for kids and families and then to make sure that we re retained the right amount and the same amount of student days, we uh, canceled spring par parent-teacher conferences. And there's a day that is a, like a trade day for teachers because they work all day long and then three, mm -hmm. three evenings. Um, we're still going to make sure that we communicate with parents uh, in the spring. Mm -hmm. uh, and that has not been greatly attended, so the board felt it was okay not to have that this year. So... Um, so that's how we're, we made it. We just moved things around to be more efficient and effective for what we're facing this fall. Gotcha. So, and then uh, we also uh, approved the contract for our payroll specialist. Um, Sandy Ferrick, as we talked about last month, uh, has retired. Uh, we've hired a lady named Janelle Murphy, who comes with uh, great experience, uh, and, and uh, she's fitting right in and doing a great job. Mm -hmm. So she started... Started last week, in fact. So uh, we're all good. So that were the were the was the the main things that happened at the board meeting. Cool. Well, I do have some questions regarding how the district's going to be handling like the precautions you said that comes with the in the in person learning. Um, the big thing I wanted to start out with is what's is there a plan? Because so there's the three options: there's the in person, there's the hybrid, and then there's the distance. What's Pine City's plan B for you say, say a student or a staff come down with COVID? What's, is there a, I, obviously it's very situationally, right. like a, a lot of this is very much with that, the asterisk of, um, but what is that, what's the plan B for Pine City in the, in the case that students or teachers, or I should say staff, come down? Sure. So I said it probably a hundred times recently, and I'll keep saying mm -hmm. it, that we are not 
medical providers mm-hmm. or can give those kinds of advice. That's not our role or our expertise. So we work very closely with uh, Department of Health mm-hmm. and local public health, and they have created a number of protocols for okay. uh, and procedures that if if we have, uh, and I can't quote them to you, mm-hmm. but but I could tell you that if if there's an exposure, then there's a certain way they look at it, and here are some of the things that we can do. Uh, if there is a case of, with a student or a staff member. Here's what you. Here's where you start, and you figure out, mm. you know, the contacts, and you take appropriate actions there. Um, and we will work really, really closely okay. w- with them. Uh, and I think you hit it right on the head. Uh, there are no, there's no flowchart that says exactly yeah. what you're going to do because they all are a little different. Um, I could say that last spring and a little bit over the summer. We've had some situations where we didn't know if there was an exposure or a case, mm-hmm. and we've been working with them, mm-hmm. and they've been very responsive and and very level-headed. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the fact that they, um, no one in this case is, you know, taking that leap right away. Mm-hmm. The responses are measured, planned, and and they make sense for the situation. So, um, I wish I could be more. Yeah. Definitive about it, but I, the definitive part is we're going to work really closely with the medical community mm-hmm. to make sure we keep everybody as safe as we possibly can. Yeah. Um, the other another big question is masks in the school uh, here. So is are everybody is there a certain age range that are required? Are students required to wear masks? What's that going to look like? So the governor's executive order was very specific about mm-hmm. that. And since schools, public schools are public buildings, mm-hmm. um, everyone within the building is required to wear a mask uh, when they're in public. Mm-hmm. Uh, so K-12. Okay. Uh, ages 5 and below is a, is a different story. And, mm-hmm. and they have different needs and different rules. Mm-hmm. But um, our kids will have to wear masks. If there are cases where it's either medically or there's some other definitive reason why mm-hmm. a, a person, I'm a person because it could be a kid, it could be an adult, yeah, um, that can't wear a mask, then shields are an option, mm-hmm. um, and we just have to work again through those yeah. kind of individually. Uh, I know that there's there's some concerns about kids having to wear masks all day, and I get it because. I can't do it either. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know, people working in government that have offices or working cubicles that are so high don't have to wear them when they're sitting at their desk, mm-hmm. and so or when they're speaking or doing those kinds of things. Um, but if I walk out of my office, I have to have a mask on, uh, mm-hmm. so that's just the way the way it is right now. Uh, it's not pleasant, but. Mm-hmm. But it is the rules, yeah. so uh, that that's where we have to start, okay. uh, and there is no choice for uh, for us on that. Um, you mentioned during the school board meeting you won't be punishing kids for that that kind of stuff. Because I'm a, there is probably a fear. I'm I'm not a parent, but you would think there'd be a fear of a punishment doled out for. So uh, there there was some guidance from the state that said you shouldn't be you know. Um, mm excluding or suspending kids for this. However, we do have the obligation to keep all people, kids and adults, Mm. safe in our schools. 
So when I say that that we're not going to discipline, I, I, we're not going to suspend, we're not going to mm. do that sort of thing. But if if there is an individual, student or staff, that refuses to comply with that, then we will have we will work with that with that person mm. or with that student and their parents to figure out what can we do to make this different. Is it a shield? Is it a different kind of mask that still protects themselves and others? Mm. Um, or is it just a case where it's not going to work and that child needs to go and do distance learning? Mm-hmm. Because all kids right now, as we, I didn't say this, all kids have that option right now. Mm-hmm. If parents want their child to distance learn, they can opt for that and we will provide that for them. And I'll just note that it it's going to look different than it did in March. We had two days to prepare for that. Yeah, We've had a summer to prepare. Mm-hmm. Plus, we had a really uh, informative survey that got over 600 responses from our parent, our families mm-hmm. saying, here are the things they liked and here are the things that they'd like to see us improve. And we took that all to heart. We mm-hmm. listened. And it will look different this year okay. You know, for those kids that are choosing that in the beginning or if we get into a position where we have to go to distance learning because of a certain level of, uh, uh, of the COVID-19 yeah. being in the community. So, um, I'm wondering about busing. How is busing going to work for Pine City? I've looked and seen other districts in Pine County talk about potential options. Is, is busing going to be what uh, families are used to now or are we going to limit busing and maybe have more out or what's that going to look like so it's a little so yes <laughs> <laughs> um, for the most part uh, folks won't see a huge difference mm-hmm. with with transportation um, we have 77 uh, passenger buses and we can fill them to to 50 percent of that okay uh, and not all kids ride all the time and so we are within most of our routes on an average basis are at that 50 percent or less okay so we we don't figure either in the all-in or in the hybrid that will have big changes now that's not to say that if we find that one route is too many kids we're prepared to send that bus to town, go back, you know, send another mm-hmm. bus out to continue the route, whatever, um, or to add some routes. Mm-hmm. Um, most often schools look at that as a case where if you have a route that um, comes in and gets done a little earlier, you might send that route, that same bus out for a second swing, shorter swing, mm-hmm. to pick up other kids. So... The goal is we're, we're at that 50% or less mm-hmm. in, in our transportation, but it shouldn't look a whole lot different okay. to most people. Um, we are going to encourage um, families, if they have an older student uh, that could transport themselves or, or siblings to school, to do that just to help us out. Okay. Um, be, you know, but it's not a requirement or anything mm-hmm. like that. But if, if they're willing to do that, that will help our capacity issues uh, on our buses. Okay. Um, is the school day itself going to look similar than to previous years? I know that Hinkley Finlayson is moving to like a block schedule. Is classes here at Pine City going to stay the seven periods or is that? That, that is the plan. Okay. Um, that it, it, 
because of some things going on here in, in like lunches will be a little bit different okay. because we can't put all the kids no. in, in that room. Uh, actually just expanding where they can eat to spread them out more. Um, and uh, so um, the day will look similar, but there'll be staggered changes during the day in, mm -hmm. because we don't want all the kids either in elementary or mm -hmm. the high school all coming in staggered not a staggered start but hopefully they'll be getting here at different times mm -hmm. we're not going to let them uh, mill around in the commons mm -hmm. you know, they're going to have to get to where they're going uh, and uh, try not to try to limit the movement the kids have during the day mm -hmm. uh, if we if at all possible then teachers will travel to classrooms rather than kids traveling okay. to different classrooms especially at the elementary. Gotcha. So I was wondering, wondering. I had a parent ask what passing time would look like at Pine City. So where where it's available, you're saying teachers will potentially rotate classrooms? Yeah. Or we will stagger when kids move from room to room so that okay. we don't have all 700 yeah. kids potentially moving at the same time. Okay. Um, so distance learning is an option for families who aren't comfortable coming yeah. to school. How How is that going to work for especially like kids without internet access and stuff like that? Is the school taken or been able to, I should say, how has the school taken precautions as they've looked through the summer into making sure they have, those students have the access that sure. other students would have? So we've done a couple things. First of all, we've, we've added some devices so that um, all students K through 12 will have a device at their um, to use during mm -hmm. the year. Now, elementary, younger elementary kids won't be taking them home unless we're in a distance learning mode. Okay. But they will have a device. We've also um, purchased um, hotspots and will, uh, a lot of them, to be honest with you, mm -hmm. and with the contracts for a year, to be able to um, share with families that uh, don't have great internet access or mm -hmm. might have a lot of kids at home. Yeah. Because, um, you know, sometimes parents need that internet to do their job too. So we're trying to do that, um, to share it that way. And just a side note, uh, we've also bought um, a technology solution that uh, is called GoGuardian. And um, what it does is that for those hotspots and even our the other machines that are home with kids, when they go to the internet using our machines mm. or our hotspots, they that signal comes back to our system, goes through our internet filter, and then takes them to the internet. Okay. So, uh, unlike the past, um, that is fil the, what they have at home on our devices will be the same filtering that we have here at school. Okay. So there is more safety and, and maybe assurance mm -hmm. for parents in that regard. Uh, if they if they use their own internet, that it's something different. You know, mm -hmm. We can't control that. So, um, so there's that. And then there's also what we learned from the survey that we needed to make sure that we had consistent landing spots for parents to look at this is what's happening kids are going to get this is what's going to happen this week rather than here's what's today what's you know yeah day by day um we're going for the kids that don't have as much access there uh, also um we we 
refined and are working on our process where the teachers would do their their teaching record that and send it home okay you know via thumb drive you know the the little the, i call them thumb drives yeah the little drives plug in. or something yeah yep and uh and so we're going to our distance learning and our in-person learning are going to be on the same tracks as well mm-hmm. so it's not like one's going to get ahead or the other or whatever so kids actually help each other the way that they used mm-hmm. to whether they're in person or or distance, and it also makes it easier for the teacher to keep things really tight and consistent um, with terms of what the kids all are getting versus uh, a difference in in class versus being distance. Um, I wonder is there the are distance students going to have the same teachers as in person students, or is there staff set aside for working with distance kids? I would say it depends. Okay. Um, I think it's probably more likely in the elementary where uh, we will have a teacher two or three that are dedicated to mm. distance learning. And so that's their kids. I mean, so it's more like a class rather than having, you know, 20 kids in the classroom and having to worry about these three that are not there. Mm-hmm. Um, or distance learning. The, the kids that are distance learning will have their teacher. Okay. And that teacher will keep track of them and keep talking to them and motivating them and all the things we need to Mm -hmm. do. So that was one of the things that came out of the survey is that we needed to have a closer contact uh, with they and their parents. So Uh, high school could be a little different depending on hybrid versus distance. There are a lot of variations in this, um, Mm -hmm. but the, the consistency of what, everyone's teaching in a department or in a grade level is what hopefully is going to make the difference for kids. Uh, No matter who's doing the teaching, Mm -hmm. they're getting the same thing. Will classes be live streamed at all for anything or has that Um, not been a topic discussed? We will use Google Meet. Um, it's, It's more difficult if you've got, let's say you've got both distance and, um, and in-school kids, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so that's why we're, we're encouraging teachers to they use the term flip classroom where they record their their lessons, mm-hmm. you know, their instruction, and then are available to help the kids figure out what that instruction means, okay. you know, during the class or during uh, a session. So um, I do know that there will be some Google Meet classes, and that's been part of the discussion. So I want to say it's one of the other words where, yes, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll do it. But I think it, uh, the whole goal would be to use whatever medium is the best delivery system for all kids. Okay. Um, for distance learning, is there lunch stuff, for especially for, like, for families that – are on for is there a lunch a yeah. delivery system set up for yeah. them or how's that going to work? I'm going to speak on the fifty thousand foot level here. Is that um, if we are in distance learning, we would go back to that mode where we're delivering meals. Mm-hmm. However, it could look different this in during the school year versus last spring. Okay, there was a waiver where any any child mm-hmm. got a free meal. You know if they did follow through with the, with the process. There are waivers that have been requested from the federal government thus far okay. for this coming year, 
but they have not been granted yet. Okay. So if we get to distance learning and there are no waivers granted, then it would still, yes, we'll still deliver, but it would be paying for it just like they would if they were in the building. Okay. You know, it's the possibility. Um, Paige Albrecht, our, our food service director, has been on top of that all along, and, and it's it's confusing. And so mm -hmm. that's why I'm going to state that 50,000-foot yeah. level, but say yes, uh, it, they will be available. Okay. Um, I How is cleaning going to work for the school? Because, I mean, when last meeting, a month ago now, um, hy the hybrid model was was kind of the way the school was talking because they hadn't heard Governor Walz's um, announcement yet. Um, and there was that day built in, like a Wednesday, where the whole school had managed to get cleaned. How is that going to work going into the 2020-21 school year where that cleaning day isn't now in the schedule that it was as you were looking towards? With hybrid, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I just have to say Scott Miller and his crew have done a really good mm. job of getting ahead and getting a lot of things done uh, this spring and summer. So they will be more available to do cleaning during the during the school mm -hmm. year. But we have an obligation to at, at least once or twice a day go through and wipe down all the high touch um, okay. areas, you know, like handrails and in the bathrooms and door handles and that sort of thing. Um, we also um, have this summer, after we were able to have kids come back and do some limited uh, activities in the in the gyms, um, we have a, a deep cleaning process okay. that uh, involves I don't, know, I don't know the science of it, but it's it's a, sp a certain spray that uh, we can do once a week that basically applies a negative charge to anything it touches and and germs can't land on it and stay on it. Okay. And so we'll do that as well. Uh, but the cleaning regimen is going to be beefed up. Okay. Uh, and we also have an obligation to talk to kids and uh, the adults in the building about good hygiene, mm -hmm. washing hands often, you know, keeping your mask on, uh, don't touch things you don't have to touch, yeah. you know, those kinds of routines. It would probably be easier in this building, uh, elementary, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, <laughs> kids are kids. Yep. So, but you know, if we we have talked about maybe needing to get some extra help for daytime cleaning, mm -hmm. and and we're willing and able to do that if that's yeah. that's the way it works out. Um, will teachers have access to cleaning supplies from the school for their classrooms? Yes. Okay. Every classroom will have a a spray bottle with uh, a particular cleaning agent that is safe for people, but. Uh, COVID doesn't like it, mm. so uh, and then clean rags, and the rags are just de deposited. They get washed every night, and, and uh, as much no-touch kinds of things as we can do. Okay. And then finally, I'm wondering, we've uh, there's been talk already about how sports will work in, mm -hmm. in with the Minnesota State High School League. I'm wondering for the other activities here in Pine City, so you got your choir, your band, your theater, what is that going to look like for those kids and those teachers here in Pine City? So I think you have to break it up between curricular and, and co-curricular okay. or extracurricular. Um, for the band and choirs, it will look a little different. Mm -hmm. um, I can't say specifically what they're going to do, you know, in terms of the class, but they will have class. Mm -hmm. um, I do know that... Uh, 
people from my former job down at the Perpich <laughs> Center. Uh, I just saw something that she sent out how to, how to run a rehearsal, you know, in a, mm-hmm. in the in COVID nineteen era. And, and so there's a lot of resources out there. I do know that we'll be following the requirements and and recommendations of how to kid, keep kids safe mm-hmm. uh, in those settings. Um, things like uh, school plays, um, concerts. I'm not sure how that's going to play out because okay. because right now the the rules say that we are supposed to limit uh, access to our buildings uh, to the, except for those people who just absolutely need to be here. Mm-hmm. So uh, while you could put the play together and do it safely, you can't bring 800 people in and watch it. No. And so I, I think that's developing yet. Okay. Uh, so. It's not going to be at all the same, mm-hmm. you know, for that. I think that in the music classes case, you know, both at the high school and the elementary, I think the the big push will be to keep them performing, keep them active, keep them improving at their skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, you know, that's my background is the yeah. music stuff. And um, I think the worst thing we could do is, is to not give them an outlet in school to be able to play mm-hmm. and, and sing and, and act and do all those things. But um, how we share that with the community, and for now, it's going to look really differently. Okay. And I don't know how that all play out. But sports, yeah, you, you know what the high school mm-hmm. league did. Uh, we still don't know what's going to happen with winter sports because okay. they haven't really talked about that. I think they gave themselves some time to figure out what's going on. But uh, fall sports spring sports and summer sports now so uh, it's going to be interesting mm-hmm. i'm just disappointed that there's not going to be any big 10 football yeah I'm just bombed <laughs> fair but so that answers all of the questions i had for you today thank you so much for taking the time to answer those my pleasure and and uh just know that we're going to continue to send out communication to everyone mm-hmm. as as much as we can as we're learning it just know we're learning as we go mm-hmm. too uh it's uh, it's exciting, but it's also, I'll just leave it, you use the word interesting. Yeah. <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. You're welcome. You have been listening to a WCMP production.